Stacy, and welcome to the Hockey Minds Podcast. This podcast is powered by My Hockey Resource and Instat, the leader in video and data analysis. Instat Hockey supports all levels of our game worldwide with video breakdowns and or scouting services. For more information, visit Instat on the web at instatsport.com or on Twitter at Instat Hockey. Today I'm joined by Jeff Ulmer, former NHL skills coach. With a background that includes a lengthy pro career, Jeff is someone with a lot of great knowledge on skill development, as well as working with players at the highest level. With that, I am happy to present Jeff Ulmer, former NHL skills coach. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Jeff Ulmer, former NHL skills coach. Jeff, thanks for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I am very excited to have you on. And we talked a little bit uh, earlier in the offseason about having you come on as a guest, and we finally got around to it now. So um, let's just dive into your career, maybe start from the beginning. Uh, talk about your upbringing uh, and your time out in Western Canada, and uh, maybe to speak to your involvement in sports uh, throughout your youth. Sure. Um, I'm from a small town, Wilcox in Saskatchewan. Um, grew up uh, grew up there, idolizing uh, a lot of players that went through Notre Dame, the famous uh, high school there, Athel Murray College in Notre Dame. Um, I grew up there because my my father uh, Dennis worked at the at the school for um, 30 plus years. He was a, a teacher and a coach and. Um, and the mayor of the town and everything. So I was uh, heavily involved in uh, lots of sports growing up, um, both for Wilcox and for surrounding towns, just with the low population of, of those uh, those small towns and communities in Saskatchewan. So I played uh, hockey, obviously, and then baseball, football, ran track, and, and basically everything that I could. So um, went to went to school there at Notre Dame for four years. Um, love my time there, and that kind of put me on a path to uh, to have a chance to to get a, a hockey scholarship. And um, after I graduated, I uh, took a scholarship to North Dakota. So, but yes, I grew up in uh, in Western Canada in Saskatchewan, and um, gained a lot of valuable experience uh, there. Uh, some good core values um, within that school and within Notre Dame, and played with a lot of. Uh, played and went to school with a lot of people that went on to have successful careers, both in hockey and in, uh, in the business world. So um, that was a big part of my, uh, my upbringing and uh, made me who I am today. Yeah. It's great to hear that about those positive experiences. And I like the fact that uh, even though sports was a very big part of your life, you're able to interact with people who had success off of the, you know, off the field and outside of the arena and things like that. But um, you know, some of the things you talked about there, North Dakota, Notre Dame are very well known to people in the hockey world. Uh, and as many people know, while we'll talk about hockey operations and things like that with you today, you also had a pretty successful career, you know, 19 seasons of pro hockey, an incredible Ironman streak of 150 plus games, which, uh, you know, not a lot of people have that on their resume, but uh, maybe let's talk about the different stops and things you've had. So just start off with maybe Notre Dame and uh, work your way into North Dakota and just talk about those programs. Um, sure. Yeah, I played, um, I played the one year of junior hockey in, in Notre Dame um, in Saskatchewan when I was in, uh, in grade 12 and I accepted a scholarship uh, in the preseason to, uh, to North Dakota. That was always a team or a program that I wanted to attend. Uh, my father, Dennis, coached um, 
a Bantam team in, in Canada at, uh, or sorry, in Saskatchewan at Notre Dame. And so he would take his team down to, to North Dakota to play some, some games against some local teams in Grand Forks. And then every time that uh, they would go down, they would time it with a, with a weekend that North Dakota was playing. So um, me as a, as a young, uh, young boy helping out being a stick boy, being a water boy with his teams, I got to see the atmosphere and the games with uh, the North Dakota um, fighting Sioux, as they were called back then. Now they're the Fighting Hawks. But um, and I always wanted to go to North Dakota, just having seen that atmosphere and it being the closest uh, place to where I grew up. So um, as soon as they came to to, uh, to scout uh, me in my in my grade twelve season and, and offered me the scholarship, I took that right away. And uh, that was the one place that I that I really wanted to go. I had some chances to go to other schools on visits, but as soon as I went down there and they they offered, I accepted. So. Um, that was, uh, that was a, a good path for me, uh, over the major junior route I felt at the time. And looking back, um, I'm glad I did. I got my degree, um, there at North Dakota and we won a national title, uh, when I was a sophomore in my second season. So we had a, a really strong, uh, group of guys that were, that I'm still in touch with. And we were able to, to be successful and win an NCAA title. So, um, and then that put me, uh, on a path to, uh, potentially play some some uh, some pro hockey and, and I took the most of that opportunity obviously as you said and um, got to play the 19 seasons in uh, I believe it's 13 different countries living in uh, and and playing in those countries uh, 11 I believe 11 different leagues um, and as you mentioned yeah I, I was lucky I retired after uh, an 850 plus streak um, to end my career out of out of the uh, thousand plus games so that was a that was a real nice uh nice segue into a into a career after uh, different leagues and stops and seeing all those cultures and meeting a lot of a lot of great people along the way yeah and, and we'll go into those a little bit more just talk about a couple of specific teams but uh maybe first talk about the schooling mm -hmm. aspect of north dakota and you know sport management was one of those things that you tied in there just talk about your experience in the classroom and how it kind of prepared you you know for a career after hockey yeah, I, I, I had been a good student, uh, an honor roll student in, uh, in Saskatchewan and Notre Dame. So I, academics was, was important. Um, at the time, obviously, when you go to play hockey, you're hockey motivated and everything is, you know, you want to concentrate on that. But school was very, uh, very instrumental in getting me to, uh, to North Dakota and even being recruited by, you know, Harvard and, and those teams. But I just uh, always wanted to go... Um, to North Dakota, but yeah, at North Dakota, it was a great, uh, great opportunity for me to, um, I took, uh, kinesiology was my degree and my, I had a minor in coaching and then I had a minor in, um, business also. So, uh, I got to do all three of those in three different areas. And, uh, at the time I didn't think I would, uh, would be a coach, but I just thought, you know what, I, I like hockey, let's just take coaching and, it was coaching in different sports, so I got to learn a little bit of, of that uh, there as well. But uh, a lot of us hockey uh, players in North Dakota took the same courses, so we had a bunch of us, us in the same uh, class and could uh, do homework together and stuff like that, so that made it fun also. Yeah, that definitely helps when you have people going through the programs with you as well. And, um, you know, like you said, having those things in your back pocket definitely paid dividends uh, for opportunities down the road. But Moving forward in your hockey career, the next couple steps uh, were, you know, a quick stint in the IHL and then some time in the AHL. Just talk about, you know, that transition to pro hockey, you know, the AHL being 
one of the better leagues in the world and uh, some of the thoughts that you had uh, when making that jump and, and going in that new situation. Yeah, my my first season of pro hockey, um, I had gone to Carolina's uh, rookie camp and uh, did really well. And it was kind of an eye opener when I didn't get invited to the to the uh, to the main camp after I led uh, our team in scoring and was one of the, the tournament leaders in scoring and never got the invite just having been a kind of a walk on or, or a, or a non uh, rostered invitee or whatever you would say. So um, from there, I went to play with the national team, the Canadian national team. They had a, a team that traveled um, for the full season and lived and trained in Calgary. And then we would go to, uh, to Europe to play, you know, Russian teams. And we would go to uh, play in the Sweden games and the Spengler cup and all these prestigious tournaments. So um, that, being able to play and um, live in Calgary and train like that and play for a guy like Tom Rennie uh, was a great uh, fit for me in, in my development. And uh, as that program works is um, if you're over playing against a Swedish team and that Swedish team says, you know what, we would like to take this player. They can, uh, they can offer a contract to the player. So we, we would lose a couple players here and there throughout the season and we'd gain a couple other ones. And, for me, it was, uh, I believe we were at the end of the season and I got a, I got a call um, or they got a call from a team in the IHL that wanted uh, to uh, take me for the end of the season in the playoffs. And I agreed and I went to Houston um, in the last season of the, the International Hockey League uh, before it folded and um, got my first taste of uh, IHL where it was a lot of, a lot of tough guys, a lot of really skilled players, a lot of older players. And I was a young guy, maybe 22. Um, coming in there and, and, and did really well. Um, got to play with some, some really good players. And, uh, and from there, um, my coach, Ron Lowe at the time, who was in Houston, ended up taking the job with the Rangers uh, the next year. And then that set me on a path to, to potentially, uh, that I signed my first NHL contract. And then, um, like you said, got to play in the American league and then in the NHL the next season. So that was a, that was a big few years, uh, for me, obviously, going from the national team and then playing in the NHL and the uh, those three leagues uh, in the next calendar year. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty big turnaround and um, a lot of thoughts going through your head for sure during that time. But I mean, being able to say you make the jump to the NHL and the AHL and, and represent Canada at different events. I mean, not a lot of people can say that uh, in that short amount of time, even that they were able to. Um, go on that kind of trajectory and and have the success uh, very quickly that you had. It was obviously a testament to hard work and different things like that. You know, in the next few years, you, you'd make some more changes uh, in terms of the teams that you played for, uh, you know, Cardiff Devils, uh, you spent some time in the Liga and, and the DEL as well. Uh, maybe just talk about the difference uh, in European hockey. Obviously, you had some experience playing with Team Canada over there, but uh, just what was your thought around going to that different hockey culture and how did you find the, the, uh, you know, adapting to that new, uh, new system? Yeah, I, I had played in the American league for, uh, after the NHL, um, season that I finished up with the Rangers, I got traded in the off season, um, to Ottawa. And then I played for, uh, a few seasons in the American league after that, uh, in Grand Rapids and then Binghamton. Um, and, um, and then ended up, uh, going over to Europe just to, to, to try that. So I had always known that I was, or not known, but I, I wanted to go to, uh, you know, a, a top league. And I, my grandmother was, uh, my grandmother was Welsh. Um, and so I thought, you know what, I'm going to go over here and just play 
uh, with the Cardiff Devils until I get uh, offered a contract. So I went over there and played um, nine or 10 games with them and did pretty well and got, um, got an offer to go play in Liga in, uh, in Finland, in Rauma. And that was, uh, that was a, good, uh, a very good uh, level of hockey and a good league uh, over there in Finland proved that I could uh, score some goals and play pretty well. And then I ended up getting another NHL contract out of that, out of that season. I ended up coming back to play. Um, I signed back with the, with the Colorado Avalanche and, uh, and played the next year, uh, all 80 games in Hershey because of that, the, the lockout of that season, but ended up having my strongest season um, in North America that year, um, playing in, in the American league, which was uh, basically half of the, half of the teams and half of the players were NHL players because of the lockout. So it was, a, it was a strong league, strong caliber, and I got to play a lot. And, uh, and that set me on a good trajectory to be a, to be a, a scorer um, in Europe. I went back to Europe the next season uh, in the DEL, as you mentioned, and, and had some, uh, some good seasons over in Germany. And then um, tra and that translated into jobs in the KHL and Switzerland and, and other teams in Sweden. So um, as you, as you alluded to, yes, the, the leagues are all, uh, they're all different. They're all different levels, um, good things and, and some not so good things about each, each stop. But for me, it was a, it was a good experience. Uh, all of the stops that I made, I, I really enjoyed. And I, I'm glad, uh, glad that I, I touched each one before I finished my playing career. Yeah, that's for sure. And uh, beforehand, I, I went through your playing career and kind of got uh, acquainted with the, the different stops that you've had and um, you know, a lot of these teams I recognize for the high caliber and players that you see a lot of times translating uh, back to North America. So it's just impressive that you're able to uh, go to these different places and experience the different cultures and things like that. I've talked with coaches a lot of times through the podcast who have done the same thing, uh, going to some different leagues, KHL, uh, Switzerland, different places like that, and just loving the, the experience of just going there, let alone what the job is. So uh, great to hear about the experience overall. Um, you know, in your last year there, you had a kind of a unique situation where uh, while a player, you were also working as a coach um, in, in the same role. Just how was that season and how did it transition or lead to a transition to move into something more uh, following your playing career? Yeah, that was a that was a different one because I had that was my last season. So I was uh, that was my 19th um season I went over to Lustenau, which is in a beautiful spot um, on the border of Switzerland and Austria. And uh, I took the contract and went in to, to play for a coach, a, a Russian coach, uh, Dennis Morgan's father. Um, and when I came in, uh, when I came in, they had uh, gotten rid of the other Morgan, uh, Dennis's brother, uh, Dimitri was, was sent packing and I came in. And so it was different because I was playing for the coach it was the father and the, and the son was the one that got, uh, got fired. So that was a, that was a little bit awkward for me, but it, it was a, it was a great thing to, uh, to play in that situation and be an older player. That's, that's had a lot of stops and helped some younger players. So I spent a lot of time, um, after practice with a lot of our, our young players. And then even, even during games, um, play in the middle, play center, and then have a couple of younger line mates that I could, uh, Kind of help out and, and show how to play a little bit and and, and be the responsible one on that uh, which which was a big change for me after a few seasons of being uh, on the wrong side of the puck and looking to score and then kind of the end of my my career being more responsible defensively so um but yes and then uh 
um, we, we had our coach leave uh, near the end of the season. And then we had a few weeks where, where I kind of uh, ran practices and, and um, uh, never, we, we had a break. So I didn't really coach during the games. It was just running practices. And then at the same time, I was recruiting um, to try to get us a, a, uh, another coach. So ended up helping out the, the general manager and the, and the owner with, with finding us a coach. And, um, and then we, uh, we had a good finish to the season. And, and then uh, I, I ended up, that was my last season. So that was a good, uh, good experience for me to, to, um, to be involved in that, in that side of it. And also uh, playing for so long over there in, in Europe, I was able to pick up uh, some languages um, and it was a, it was a good experience for me to, to not only help to recruit um, another coach, but also have meetings with the owner in, in German. So that was a, that was a good uh, thing that I took away from my time over, over in Europe was, was to learn some of the cultures and learn some of the languages and, and be able to communicate in, uh, in a second language it was pretty valuable for me. Definitely. And when people go into these different positions, uh, oftentimes in hockey operations, as we talked on the podcast, they just talk about doing whatever is needed and kind of jumping into different roles that maybe put you in a, a different door and even an uncomfortable situation. And uh, that's definitely very unique. Uh, I've heard of a few players doing that in the past, but to be able to hear the experience of, of kind of going in and, and just running with it, uh, doing whatever is needed and, and recruiting a new coach as well as running practices, you know, that's a, that's a very unique situation for a, a player to be put in especially, uh, you know, after playing 19 seasons and, and now all of a sudden having to kind of change your approach, but uh, definitely helped that you had the experience, the different leagues and, and multiple teammates that you were able to kind of look back on and, and see what they did as well. Um, maybe we'll move into the next step that I want to talk about coaching and that's the NHL alumni's coaching beyond the boards program. Uh, just talk about that and your involvement and then what you learned through the program. Sure. Yeah, we, um, I've been lucky uh, to take three or four of these courses. I always tried when I came back in the off season to, to see if I could um, improve something and add something to my resume. Um, so even while I was playing over in, in, in Europe and when I was in Finland, I was, uh, I learned French, um, taking courses by, by myself. I had a little bit of a handle on it from school, but uh, tried to get better um, with, with that language. And then also, um, I took a management course when I was playing in, um, what was I? I think in Germany, I was, I took a, a management from Canadian Institute of Management. So um, just to, to kind of add that to my resume and better myself in, in, in that area. And then um, living here in, uh, in Arizona in the summers, um, I would come back in the off seasons and, and most of these, off, most of the off seasons, three or four, possibly five of them, I took the courses because they would have a, uh, NHL alumni course that would be here in Mesa, pretty close, 20 minutes away. And I would, uh, I would get involved in those and they were good ways to, um, share ideas and communicate with other guys that had played, uh, in the NHL. And, um, what was a neat thing for me was, I think, I think it was the coaching beyond the boards was, um, I played, uh, 21 games in the NHL, but then I was sitting next to and partnered with Peter Bondra, who, you know, is a, Hall of Famer, um, scored a million goals and, and just having to, uh, there was one assignment where we had to introduce each other. So we had to tell all about our, our careers and, and our life and our family and stuff. And then I introduced Peter and Peter introduced me. So that was kind of a, 
a different thing listening to Peter Vondra talk about uh, somebody who I'm sure he'd never heard of. So that was that was uh, a lot of fun. And then just picking picking the brain of some of these guys, um, Peter Vondra, Rick Vive, who, as you know, was was with the Leafs and three time 50 goal scorer, just talking about how they uh, they thought the game and, and some of the things that Peter Vondra had, had told me about how they ran the power play with Washington and some of the ideas that he had. So I, I made sure to write those down and I actually carry a lot of that stuff with me still. So, um, but that's just kind of what it's like. It's just a lot of guys that have been in different situations and different, different um, careers. Obviously Peter is, is an example of a guy that's uh, very, very successful. But once you're in the room there with, with uh, all these guys, it's just, you know, you're like in a dressing room and everybody's equal and everybody's the same. And, and uh, I appreciated just being a part of those, obviously, with having just played a, a handful of games. So um, those are just things to kind of get you back in hockey mode, get you back in, uh, you know, using your brain, using your uh, your tools that you, that you can bring to those discussions and also being able to speak uh, in public, public speaking and and uh, not being afraid to share ideas with some people that might be uh, might be, you know, more successful than you had been in your career and, and them having them listening to you and, and uh, taking some ideas from you was, uh, was a big thing that I learned. Definitely. I think we, we've heard a lot of these uh, types of clinics and, and, and things on the podcast beforehand. And people always talk about the things that they're willing, able to learn from people with more experience, but also people with less experience. And I think when you have that kind of collaboration in these programs is where it's really beneficial and uh, with COVID-19 and a lot of restrictions for a lot of people, uh, you know, coaches and other people involved in the game are looking for ways to, as you said, stay involved and, and talk hockey and, and kind of train their brain and, and not go, uh, you know, quote unquote stale while we wait to get back on the ice in many regards. But uh, these kind of clinics are coming up and it might be online sometimes, things like that. But it, it all comes to the same idea of just constant learning and and picking the brains of people that have been successful in their respective areas. Uh, for su- looking at success, I should say, uh, you spent some time in the NHL recently with the Arizona Coyotes as the director of skill development and assistant director of special projects. Maybe just talk about how you got into that position and uh, you know, briefly talk about some of the things that that role encompasses. Yeah, the... Um... My last, uh, my last two or three seasons, I had begun to kind of put together a resume and, and think about what I wanted to do um, after my playing career. And so um, one of the things, um, I, I had a website where I shared some stories and, and some, uh, some tips and things for hockey players. And then I, I added the uh, skills coach certification from Hockey Canada in one of the off seasons also um, to put on my resume. And and then I just basically talked to people, sent them out. Um, I heard back um, from from some teams and some people that I had known in hockey. And um, in the same offseason, within a couple of weeks, I had a I had a call from uh, a team in the American League to to possibly um, come and interview for an assistant coach position. And then I had the uh, another call to go in here here in Arizona to to speak about uh, an opening that they had in the hockey ops with uh, skill with video, basically. Um, I went into uh, the interview um, here in Arizona, um, did well in that, I, I thought, and then I got invited back to do uh, another interview, um, which was a hands-on one with the, with the video program, and they kind of um, had me look for different things um, 
that, that I thought about uh, the particular game I was watching and then uh, ended up getting, getting offered a, a position here and um, kind of tailored it uh, to be a skills, the coordinator of skill development and, and the special project. So um, yeah, it was a, it was a, some skill stuff, but I, I would say most, mostly hockey operations and basically an assistant uh, to the coaching staff and kind of helping them out and um, did a lot, uh, skated the injured players. Um, when the team would go on the road, I would stay back with uh, whatever injured players there was and skate them and do things for the coaches during games. And um, it kind of grew over the, the, my first year and into the second year, I started doing uh face-off pre-scouts, um, things like that. And then more and more projects for all for management, for the coaches. And then also for players, I would send, uh, some players would ask for some, some particular, uh, video things that they wanted to see with on their games. And I would put together those and, um, in a video of, of their games and send them to them, text them to them or, or send them. So it was a lot of, uh, a lot of different areas and I tried to touch as many as I could and attend meetings when I could attend coaching meetings and scouting meetings and learn as much as I could. And I think that's prepared me to, to, to evolve and grow into um, what I hope will be a, even a, a bigger role uh, with an organization next season, this coming season. For sure. And I think a lot of people, uh, when you're thinking about hockey operations, you know, the first things that come to mind are head coach, assistant coaches, then you have maybe a video coach and your general manager, but, uh, you know, talking with people and, and being inside, maybe not the NHL level, but the pro level a little bit. Uh, there's so many different people involved in the operation and, and you have people like yourself working in a position like that, where really you're just there to, um, you know, aid the hockey operations staff wherever is needed, whether it's on the ice with injured players or working with programs on video. And uh, that kind of speaks to the need to uh, almost work on all your skills coming into a position, you know, don't apply to a position with a certain thing in your mind that this is my skill, this is what I do, because you know, reality is when you get into these positions, you really don't know what they're gonna expect of you and ask of you. So for you, um, you had the playing background, but also a little bit of ability with the video and things like that, which became a part of your job as well. And then the willingness to get into the meetings and connect with players and things like that. Uh, you know, throughout those uh, different experiences, you're able to work with a lot of players, you know, the injured players, as well as players on their everyday roster. Uh, some of the skilled guys who are pretty young in Arizona, Clayton Keller is one that comes to mind. Uh, talk about the experience of working with these players and interacting with these guys and uh, just kind of what you saw from a coaching perspective, working with them, whereas in the past you were interacting as a player. Yeah, it was it's uh, my first few times where I was on the ice and having to run practices or run, uh, run skates. And, and these guys are all uh, more successful or more accomplished than you. And they're looking to you. Okay. What are we doing? You know, like that's a, that's a, my first few times on the ice. It's, it's a little bit intimidating, obviously when you have a, a number of, of successful NHLers on the ice, but after you get over that and, and you gain some confidence and, and you see that they, uh, they really, um, want to get better. And even though they're at the top level, they, uh, they are always looking for ways to improve. And I think uh, as you touched on Clayton Keller is a good example of that. He, uh, he was one of the players, probably the player that I, uh, I dealt the most with because he was always looking for ways to ways to improve his game. And, um, he's a guy that, uh, that really looks to take the information and, and use it. And he wasn't afraid to ask, uh, even if he'd score two, three goals and 
say two, three goals, whatever, have two, three points, he would say, you know, I, I missed this, this chance. And he'd be, he'd be saying, you know, what do you, what do you think I could have done differently here or there? And uh, it's, it's just a really good quality for a young kid that's been an all-star to, um, to always look for ways to get better. And he's still improving and, and still uh, driven to, to be the best he can be. So yes, there's um, players like that. And then there's other players that are, that are older and, um, leadership is a, is a big thing, like skating, a guy like Brad Richardson, for example, Jason Demers, these guys, uh, having a chance to skate them when, when they're injured were, were, was a good learning experience for me too, because you see that the effort and the, the fitness level that that's so important for a guy like, uh, like Richardson, for example, and Michael Grabner and these guys that have been in the league for, for a number of years, but still work even harder and, and even in skates uh, with me, you know, sometimes you can expect that a guy may not give it a hundred percent, but, but these guys uh, lead by example. And uh, they were big for me um, in helping out, especially if I have four or five guys on the ice, uh, different injuries and trying to skate uh, um, these guys for an hour, those guys wouldn't take, uh, wouldn't take one uh, shift off or one, uh, one drill off. So that was a, a really good quality and uh, you can see what makes these uh, the NHL are so successful. Definitely. And Richardson and, and Grabner are two names that have had uh, success in multiple uh, teams and organizations over two, uh, two very strong careers. So uh, it's great to hear about that. And then young guys like Keller, who uh, is definitely one of the higher skilled players on the team and, and to see him constantly looking to get better, even as you, you know, reference on a good night, maybe where he scores two or three goals, he's still looking for uh, ways to get better in his opportunities and things like that. And that's what really does separate the uh, the elite players that are at the NHL level from, um, you know, players uh, who, who don't uh, have the success and, and never make it to the pro level. So uh, let's just move into a little bit more of uh, learning and, and using things like that. So, you talked about working with players like Richardson and Grabner who, uh, you know, show qualities that were admirable as veterans. Uh, how often do you as a coach learn from these players and uh, receive feedback on the things that you do uh, to better your own uh, abilities? Yeah, there's always, there's always times where you've designed, uh, I, I like to design drills when I was um, running guys through, uh, through whether it was a rehab skate or, or a skill skate or, or whatever it was, something that's game relative, position relative, something that they can, they're actually going to come across in the game. I try not to put the, all the props that you see some of the coaches put on the ice that they have to stick kettle around and, and stuff. I try to make it as game relative um, as, uh, as possible. I mean, sometimes, sometimes you design a drill that might be just uh, too complicated or not complicated enough and you learn as you go and, I, I always ask for some feedback from the guys, how you feel and make sure they get proper rest. And at the NHL level, you have uh, most of the time, you'll have a, a medical person on the bench anyways, checking heart rates and, and stuff like that. So there's always some, some help for you in that way. If you're pushing a guy a little bit too hard or not hard enough. Um, but it's all, it's all a learning tool and uh, learn, you know, experience gained when you're, if you see that you you put a guy and you can just tell that he's not quite getting what you're trying to, to get to get across or he's dominating the drill and, and you think okay I could have ramped this one up so there's always there's always things that you can learn and, and get better uh, yourself and, and it's a lot of um, trial and error obviously and, and just experience and, and having been through it now for a few years um, and being in the same situation for uh, for 19 years myself, and then now on this side for a couple of years, it's all uh, 
good experience gained and uh, you look to go into your next role as uh, as being even better so exactly and maybe i'll just reference it once more before we move into reflective questions uh you know you've had experience in europe and things like that how uh, beneficial do you find that is when maybe we'll just use keller as an example you don't have to talk about him specifically but uh you know seeing that north american style and being able to bring something different to keller's skill set how beneficial do you feel that is and maybe just how often do you find yourself looking thinking back to games that you played when you're doing different things like pre-scout etc yeah a lot to be honest it's a lot of uh and i i was fortunate to play so long because i think if i if i retire after 15 16 years I probably retire as a winger because I played about 10 years in a row as, as a winger. And then my last two or three years I played uh, as a center. And so I learned a lot of different, uh, different things in playing uh, center, both uh, defensive routes and things that I like to like to um, share with guys. And, and when I send them videos, um, I like to share some of that stuff too. So it's, it's valuable experience and uh, the European ice being bigger, it, it was just a little bit different. You had more room, you had more space uh, from the boards to the hash marks and you could take two, three strides and shoot and you'd have a scoring chance where in the inning, or sorry, you wouldn't have a scoring chance. You'd have to get closer to the net in Europe. Um, so that's why you see a little bit uh, more skating in the zones and you know crisscrossing and stuff. At the NHL, you can skate off two, three strides and, and shoot and, uh, and have a good scoring chance. So a lot of it is different routes. Um, both on the power play and five on five and it's passing route. So um, yeah, I think having that experience for myself uh, definitely adds credibility when I, when I know what I'm talking about and I can send, uh, send some guys some video um, and speak over it and, and speak to some, some experiences that I've had. So, and, and, and yes, I, I had shared one of those with, with Keller with some routes and things for him for on the power play and, and, um, you know, those are those are some things that are valuable that guys may not think about. They're they're zeroed in on the net and, and not really. You know, maybe if I get wider here and come at a different angle, it's going to put me downhill towards the net a little bit better than than the the opportunities that I'm getting. So there's always uh, there are always things that you can look to improve. And and like I mentioned before, and like you hit on again, um, Keller's a guy that that looked for anything that he can uh, can do to improve. So. Yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, something I expected that you would use on a daily basis. And it's really why whenever talking with coaches and scouts and, and players and things like that through the podcast, they say, well, while you maybe have a goal on one league, maybe it's the NHL, maybe it's uh, junior hockey, look to even watch the other games, watch European hockey, watch the KHL, because there really is so many minor details that you don't even think about until you really uh, yeah. experience it that that you can transfer and it's the same thing in other sports they always talk about multi-sport athletes and uh, for someone like yourself who played a number of different things when you were younger I'm sure there was things that you took away from each sport that helped you later in your career and things like that um, you talk about future aspirations in, in the game and you, you keep referencing uh, maybe future opportunities and things you'd like to do maybe just talk about for you personally what are some of your goals moving forward and what do you kind of want to be involved in, uh, you know, in your next step? Yeah, it's, um, I, I was in a unique situation the last few years because I was involved in, in a lot of different areas. So it was coaching, it was, there was some scouting things that I did, um, uh, some, some assignments for management, uh, and then the skill side. And, um, so I think, uh, these, these seasons go by so fast that you think, okay, well, 
you know, I want to be here in two, three years or this, and you can set goals like that. But, but the reality is I'm, I'm just going to take it uh, year by year and do, do whatever it is that, uh, that comes up for me. I think it may be an area either in, in coaching or in scouting. And um, I'm not going to have a target where I say, you know, I want to be a, you know, in management in the NHL by this date or this date or be an assistant coach. It's just kind of, we'll see what happens. And, and as you've seen on my, uh, playing resume I'm not opposed to uh jumping around a little bit so um but we'll see what happens I mean I enjoy the scouting side I enjoy the coaching and uh um I know I'm good at uh some things like like as we mentioned the pre-scout things and breaking down some videos so I'm sure that that'll be uh, continue to be a part of what I do and um, we'll see what what the organization will be and, and where I'll end up but uh for now I'm just kind of um taking this time during the, the pandemic to, to be uh, not only a dad and a, and a husband with two small uh, girls, but um, also to do a lot of scouting and, and try to better myself in that way. And then also um, watching a lot of NHL video. Um, I know you had Instat on your, uh, your, uh, your Twitter feed and I use, I use that a lot as a, as a good tool to, to watch some games and, better myself in that way and uh, I'm also trying to add some um, different programs like uh, I used Exos while I was in the NHL but now you are working in the NHL but now I'm using uh, Catapult Vision which is also a good tool so trying to get better at, uh, at that side um, as well to, to kind of add to the resume for the next uh, wherever we end up. Yeah it's, that's a great approach and uh, for someone with a diverse uh, amount of stops and, and then a skill set like you, it, it's great to hear that you're still looking for those new opportunities. And Instat's definitely a great program. I use it, uh, you know, almost every day. And then things like Catapult and Exos and, uh, you know, I've used Sports Code through Hoodle and, and things like that. So it's good that you're still looking to uh, take the time while most people would maybe relax a little bit and take that break from hockey too, uh, when you can still look to learn something new. Uh, outside of the game, a lot of people like to learn through books and articles and, and podcasts and different things like that. Uh, for you personally, what are some of your favorite things to reference and what do you look for? Or where do you look for uh, for new ideas? Yeah, I, I, um, I had always been a, a reader and I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's mostly spy fiction, to be honest. But uh, lately I've started, uh, I'll have one book on the go that I read at night. That's uh, before bedtime will be the spy fiction. But then if I'm out walking the dog or, uh, in the car, or I usually have a, a another podcast or a, or a audible going, um, uh, voice book or whatever you would say. So it, I, I enjoyed Scotty, the book by the Scotty Bowman book. I read the Cubs way, um, Astro ball, all these books, Moneyball. um, uh, the book on the Patriots, the war room was a good one that I enjoyed. So, um, I think those are all relative to, to scouting and, and coaching and, and hockey and they kind of get your ideas flowing and stuff. But, um, I still do like to, to read some fiction before I, uh, before I go to sleep, just to kind of turn the mind off because it is a lot of, uh, a lot of hockey, uh, video and, and, and things during the day. So it's, uh, it's good to kind of have a, a little bit of a downtime before, uh, bedtime but but those are some of the books i've enjoyed in the last uh, few months yeah no those are a lot of those books we've mentioned before and, and all great resources and i like the fact that you uh you know look to kind of switch off the hockey hockey mind as as they'd say and 
uh, for me personally, sometimes I'll play guitar or something like that just to switch it up and, and kind of move away from the game. But uh, that's a great thing to reference as well. And uh, while learning and, and learning a lot of new ideas is good, it's also important to, uh, you know, don't don't overdo it and, and kind of create that separation when needed. Right. Uh, that's something that you kind of learn through repetition and through having all these experiences. And maybe it's a lesson that you give to somebody else, uh, you know, in a mentor role. But Looking at your career to date, uh, you've had a lot of mentors, you've met a lot of people. Just talk about some of those people who have helped you uh, succeed in the game and then what are some of the lessons that they taught you? Yeah, I think I was, um, where, where I where I grew up, having a lot of the, the staff and teachers and coaches that I, that I was lucky to have in, uh, in Notre Dame and in Saskatchewan was, was a big, uh, big thing for me. Um, and I, I would definitely, but my my dad as as my biggest mentor in that way to to uh, mold me into the person that I am, um, and, and a lot to him and, and the, the staff at Notre Dame um, first and foremost. And then I think along the way, just um, Dean Blaze I had in uh, in North Dakota was a, a great coach and a uh, tough but fair. Um, learned some work ethic and really got into the fitness side. Um, going in there, I wasn't really big on the weightlifting and then went to North Dakota and, and learned a lot about how hard you'd have to work to, to be a pro player. And, and that kind of put me on that path. Uh, Ron Lowe was a, was a coach that I had that I mentioned um, in Houston in the IHL and then in New York in the NHL. And he was a guy that um, just found a way to get the most out of me. And I, I, I just felt as a player, um, I played my best for, for the coaches that really put trust in you and, and gave you confidence. And so um, he was definitely a guy that, uh, that had a big, uh, big uh, contribution to my career. Uh, I mentioned Tom Rennie, a great person, a guy that, uh, that I learned a lot from in traveling in Europe and how he presented himself and, and represented uh, Canada and our team. Um, I learned a lot from him. And then a few coaches I had in, in Europe Rich Chernemaz was a guy that I had in, in Frankfurt in Germany where I had some of my best seasons and another guy that, uh, that I learned a lot from tactically uh, and how to play away from the puck. So he was a, he was the guy that I, I definitely uh, uh, wanted to mention also. So, and then I try and take a little bit um, from each of those coaches and, and kind of have some ideas that, that they had. And then um, also just kind of being around and, and watching uh, Rick talk it and, John McLean and, uh, and Phil Housley um, and Scotty Allen last season, the season before this season, just kind of how they prepare and how they uh, how they coach and how they run practices and being able to be involved in in, in designing the uh, the drills for the practices and, and being in charge of that was it was something that I really uh, am thankful that I was able to do to to learn all those drills and be involved in that way with those three. So that was a that was a big thing for me also. So. I think those are some names that, that have helped me um, along the way, and, and I hope to uh, hope to do the same for, for players myself down the road. Definitely, and uh, you know, I, I've said it time and time again, it really does take a community to kind of build somebody in hockey operations, and uh, as a player, being able to witness all those different coaches and their styles and take things away, and then with Arizona, uh, learn from some some more great coaches there and, and kind of use it a little bit more in your day-to-day -day role is a uh, you know, it's very beneficial. And I'm sure that down the road, people are going to be looking to you uh, in the same way to learn things from you. 
But if you could give one piece of advice to someone who's looking to enter hockey operations, or maybe even someone like yourself who was uh, going into North Dakota, not really uh, knowing what the next step would be, what's one piece of advice that you would give them hoping that they would be successful in the game? Um, yeah, I think I, I did it uh, myself. It's just go to rinks, go to tournaments, introduce yourself. Don't be afraid to, uh, you know, to say hi to people that you might be intimidated by and, and send a resume out or ask if it's possible if you can send a resume out I, I did that myself and um, continue to improve yourself like I like I mentioned before I, I tried to add something to my resume each year over in Europe it's easy to just go over and, and make some money and play hockey and live in a foreign uh, city and, and foreign country and, and enjoy it but I tried to whether it was learning German and taking German classes or, or teaching myself French or taking a management course or doing those things in the off season. I think that all contributed to, to, uh, to getting my, my job uh, here with the Coyotes. And I think it's going to help me down the, long, down the road. It's just the willingness to continue to, have, to better yourself and, and not look for, a, for an easy, uh, easy in, they would say. And um, I think the, the things that I was the most proud about uh, in my last few seasons here uh, was just doing things that, that weren't basically people asking, hey, can you do this for me or can you do that, is taking initiative and, and not being afraid to, to put something together that's your own ideas and, and maybe put that out there. Some people might be, might be afraid or intimidated by putting something on, online that they're, they're maybe not confident that everybody will like, but I think um, that's, that's a good quality is just uh, the willingness to, to trust yourself and believe in, in your ideas and believe that what you think is... Uh, doesn't have to be right it's your opinion but uh, a lot of people will agree with it and, and respect you for having the uh, the courage to put something out there so in starting that the website that I, I did uh, five years ago or whatever um, I, I ended it when I took the job with the, with the coyotes here but that uh, that was definitely a, a something that I learned was just having an idea and not being afraid to, to voice it and um, took that into my job here as well as the things that I was the most proud of, of in doing were, were my own ideas and, and uh, you grow a lot uh, by doing things like that. So um, that's what I could, uh, would, would suggest for young people to do and continue working hard and um, yeah, don't be afraid to, to make mistakes and, and fail along the way. Yeah, I think whenever you can put hard work uh, in with that you know, the, the strong opinion, but also being willing to learn and realize your mistakes and self-reflect. And when you fuse all that together with that work ethic, you know, that's where the, the greatest hockey minds come about. And that's where you see people have success in and around the game. So uh, great advice. And Jeff, I just want to thank you once again for taking some time out of your day to join me on the podcast. And, uh, you know, the NHL is hopefully coming back here soon, but uh, I wish you all the best moving forward. Thanks, Ryan. My pleasure. All right. Take care. Take care. I'd like to thank Jeff for taking some time out of his schedule to join me on the podcast and talk about his career to date. As mentioned throughout, Jeff did a great job of supplementing what he knew as a player and furthering his hockey operations knowledge to be successful at the highest level. So for providing some insight on that transition, I'd like to once again thank him. If you would like to get in touch with Jeff to learn about his experiences, I encourage you to reach out to him directly or contact HockeyMindsPodcast at Outlook.com and I can help make that connection for you. Next on the podcast, I'll be joined by Todd Woodcroft, head coach at the University of Vermont. 
With a wealthy amount of experience across many levels of hockey, Todd has insight and ideas that listeners will not want to miss out on, so listen to that episode on Sunday. Once again, I'd like to thank everyone for listening to the podcast and for supporting us as we look to grow it to new levels moving forward. As always, stay safe and all the best.